Welcome back to Dinner with Racers. This is part two of our extended interview with Tommy Kendall. Enjoy. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Did you see the, uh, oh, you were in it. So, yeah, you probably saw it. The Patrick Dempsey Lamar documentary. Yes, yes. Um, there was a, you know, the first couple episodes, there was a huge emphasis on Paul Newman. And that sort of allegory between Patrick's career now and Paul Newman. Obviously, Newman was a teammate of yours for, for a few races. Um, what do you think a guy like Newman would think of what Dempsey's doing today? I think, uh, I mean, Paul was just, you know, a he, he was the one that, he, I'm stealing his term, but he was just a graceful individual. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's what drew him to racing. He said the grace of it, which I, when he said that, I'm like, what's he talking about? Right. Only later did I understand what he was talking about. But, you know, I think he would, I, uh, I think he would, he would like that, you know, he, he probably wouldn't comment on it. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, he would applaud a guy for, you know, pursuing what he loved like that yeah. and, and, and sacrificing, you know, hitting the eject button a year early on a, one of the biggest uh, shows going yeah, and so forth. Healthy living. Yeah. You know, and he would probably uh, appreciate how hard it is. I mean, they're the only two people that um, every mistake they've ever made has been seen yeah. by a zillion people yeah. rather than those of us that got to be, you know, a amateurs yeah. uh, in obscurity. Yeah. What uh, uh, Newman could drive, couldn't he? Oh, yeah. No yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, I mean, the... the I mean, there's a bunch of mar remarkable things about him. He didn't drive for the first time until he was about my age now. Wow. You know, I think he was 47. Yeah. And so, you know, in terms of trying to get back in shape for a comeback and being rusty, knowing what to do. Yeah. At, and so, you know, vision changes, all these things. So, I mean, he was one of the more, most competitive people. He didn't – it wasn't openly, you know, uh, like – but he, he – there's just this quiet intensity where if you went anywhere – whether it was ping pong, which he loved, you know, he wanted to know what the record was. What's the mark we're shooting for? Yeah, and and so forth. We went we went and drove legend cars once at uh, on the off day at Lime Rock one year. We went to Jacka Roots track, mm -hmm. Stafford Springs, and did these legends. And you know, in that car, you had to kind of really arc it into the corner, or it would just do this. You know, you, if yeah. you dove into the corner too hard, it would just lose the front. It would never. And so it's what you wanted to do, but it just didn't work as well. Yeah. So I figured out that you had to kind of roll it in. And, you know, kind of arc the corner. And so I, I got, I was the quick guy. So I'm passing people, but you had to kind of pass them on the outside. Newman was the hardest guy to pass because he would not give up. And so, and I'm, I'm by him. And then in the corner of my eye, I hear him, here he comes down the inside. And I'm like, ah, Paul's not going to work. Didn't work last lap, didn't work the lap four, didn't work the lap four, didn't work the lap four. And so, and I'm thinking, why don't you just give up? And, and after, and so the racer in me was like pissed. I'm like, dude, Stop. I got you. Yeah. yeah. And, but then in hindsight, I'm like, that, is cool. Yeah. That dude yeah. is cool yeah. because he just wouldn't. Well, give in his up. head, he yeah. was, he definitely looked at guys like you as like his heroes uh -huh. because he was such a respectful racer that he was probably like, "I'm giving Tommy Kendall some shit." Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, he was probably grinning about it, like, "Yeah, kid, I had you on the binders." He did. He did. He was like, "Yeah." I I watched him hopping up. This is before I ever raced with him. I was only 19. He was out at Willow Springs, and whenever he would be filming. You know, he'd, he'd had some car network people, and one of his guys who he bought his Porsches from, Pete Smith, was the guy that got my dad into racing. So he called my dad and said, hey, Newman's in town. You know, he'd like to run some laps out at Willow. And so my dad, I don't know if my dad would have done it, but my mom said, you're doing that. <laughs> and so he brought a car out for, <laughs> right. for Newman to drive. And then while he was there, he hopped in a Formula Ford in an open-face helmet. 
<laughs> at Willow Springs. And wow. It was either Ford or Atlantic. I'm guessing no one knew that. Well, no, studio, and so it's yeah. just so he always wore an open face then, and he wanted yeah. to drive the car, and I'm like, that dude's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did shit. he just want to be one of the guys at the track? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, he just, uh, you know, in the run-up to Daytona 95, we, you know, we Roush always did their their shakedown, you know, leak check, brake pads, all that at Savannah. Yeah. And so you'd go there. And so that was the first time he got to drive the car. And so, you know, there and going out to dinner and getting pizza and whatever yeah. and just watching, you know, uh, you know, the fame f- factor, you know, in an obscure place. And he had these, these sort of, uh, you know, gimmicks to sort of you know that the sunglasses across the mouth that weird thing he did on one ear that was one of them um another thing he did is uh he used to keep one of his shoelaces untied like if there was a crowd i said hey your shoes untied yeah yeah, i know he said that's how i get through a crowd he says because if you're you know if you're going through a crowd like this everyone wonders who that guy with his head down he says if you're kind of doddering along and you know looking at your shoe untied they're like oh that guy's shoes untied I was fortunate to get to spend some time with him. My dad was his crew chief when he drove the Lotus in the Bridgestone Supercar Series. Oh, right, right. With yeah, yeah. Uh, Doc Bundy and yeah. those guys. And uh, he he took to me, like, totally, like, I, like we knew each other forever, and I was, like, eight yeah. or something, yeah. you know. And uh, he kept stealing my bicycle at Lime Rock, which was his home track. We stayed at his house, like, uh-huh. my dad and I, because it was just, like, a one-man band kind of deal. Right. No pit stops or anything. Right. And we stayed at his house, and he was like, I, I'd come to the track, and my bike would be gone. I'm like, Dad, someone stole my bike. And he's like, no, Paul's on it. And sure enough, he's, like, riding around doing tricks and stuff. And uh, I didn't know who he was. Right. He's just a race car yeah. driver. So I'm, like, running up, like, dude, my bike, you know. <laughs> and he's, like, laughing. And now you think back, you're like, oh, God, idiot, you know. That's why I liked you. You treated him like a normal person. Well, that's, that's yeah. exactly right. I got to work with him years later briefly on the gunner car that he drove at Daytona. And uh, he remembered my dad, probably didn't remember me, but definitely remembered my dad. And uh, I, I didn't really understand the fame or the power he had until the pre-grid. You know, they let all the fans out there, and you're walking on the, on the the right next to the race cars on pit lane. And he comes out to get to the car, and they're trying to get him to the back of the, the car to do a shot in front of the wing. And he kind of he's trying to sneak through, and he goes to this older lady and her husband. She's probably maybe the same age as Paul was at the time, and he just goes like a quick, like, excuse me, like on the on the arm like that. And she turned, and she was like, <gasps> like, like I saw it from the back of the car, and I was like, oh, he's that famous. Yeah. Like he yeah. is that kind of famous. I mean, she was literally like almost in tears, shaking, and, yeah. and the husband was like, oh, oh my God, he touched your arm. I mean, it was yeah. like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, yeah he is he's the man. Yeah. To that generation, he was he was a very yeah. big deal. Um, not uh, just a popcorn popcorn salad dressing guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was just probably I was like, oh, it's the guy that races. Yeah, <laughs> he must sponsor himself. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, he was, and, and you know, uh, he he did like if you treated him like just a normal person, talk about racing, he had lots of time for you, um, you know. But uh, some of the things like he would, <coughs> he was kind of a man of few words. He was a funny guy, yeah. but it, you know, he he always kind of almost speaking like almost like movie lines in a way, you know, but it was like they were just packed with wisdom. Yeah. And sometimes, like one of them, he's, when he said about, you know, it's someone asked him, what, what do you like about racing? He says, the grace of it. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then a number of things like that, you know, years later, you know, the meaning gets, you know, you start, oh, oh. So he was, he was, uh, he was a, he was a big influence on me in, in that way. And just, you know, just like a lot of, you know, old people have, have great, great wisdom, but he was one of these that, you know, had lived an extraordinary life. I mean, the, the, the effect obviously has been well talked about in terms of, uh, you know, the, the good he created, but just, uh, you know, like to help people, but, but didn't, 
never preached at you at all. Would just yeah. give you a little bit of this, and uh, you know, he's one of the few guys that you have on a pedestal when you meet him. He's as he's as cool as yeah. as you want him to be. He he autographed one of the Lotus Salon books that came with the car at the time when you bought it, and uh, when he handed it to my dad, my dad's a pawn. You don't like to give autographs, and he goes, "Well, he's a racer, <laughs> so he gets one." And because I didn't know, again, I'm like, you're a race car driver. You yeah, know, I had yeah, no yeah, idea. Yeah. That's all I cared about. Yeah. So that's all. I got one because he didn't give those out, you know. Um, yep. But if I had ever wow. been like, you're a movie star, like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know. He, he had a lot of time for kids, for sure. A lot of time for kids. And and he would, his rule was no autographs. But if it was a kid, he'd say, listen, I can't sign it here because then it'll never stop. But just if you go around here, I'll, I'll go sign yeah. it over there. Yeah. So you got to race my favorite GTP car of the era which was the intrepid it just to me we we talked about this with bill riley the other night um that for some reason that card is just so insane looking to me because it's just a perfect wedge yeah. you know what i mean it was like built like how do we make this thing fly upside down if we need to yeah. you know yeah. um obviously it, it's a car that'll always be you know and in your history with the accident but you got back in it and drove it again you know and it wasn't like a i guess it was a wheel nut or some sort of uh hub right um but the car was successful as as what it was intended to do can you talk about driving that thing like how crazy you know that era was it was uh that was it yeah no it was it was i mean the thing was badass yeah i never heard a real downforce number but it was i mean the basic nuts and bolts it was 1850 pounds (laughs) it was 850 horsepower which Uh, actually wasn't enough that's what bill said he's like it was underpowered like which wasn't enough um and and just Gobs of downforce. I mean, it's a great story because it. I mean, Bill, uh, Bill and Bob. You know, Bob had that in his head for years yeah. and years and years, and no one would build it. You know, until he met Jim Miller. Yeah, and yeah. So they said it was like a. It was designed in like '79 or something. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. It was, I mean, it was like yeah. almost a decade. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was. It was. It was kind of a great case in don't outthink it, don't overthink stuff. You know, just keep it simple. And so, I mean, it was. I mean, it was a high tech car, but it was pretty straightforward. You know, and but it was a dramatic departure, and you know, until Jim said go for it, everybody said that won't work. And even when we built it and we showed up, it was like that'll work at like two places. Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> it worked everywhere. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it was it was, you know, it's it was a shame. You know, obviously, uh, you know, get hurt was you know it's part of the deal, but and unfortunate. But it's it's really too, that car could have won. And that first year, and just to show you how fast, by, by 92, the leapfrog had happened, you know, yeah. with the new Jag, and then the Toyota was was built and getting better. And, and so, you know, that car should have won about, literally about 10 races yeah. in 91. And so, um, but, it, you know, when I first, I started the year in the, the modified Spice, and so Wayne got the first one because he was Jim's guy, and I was Chevy's guy, so I didn't get the first car. And so, but I remember when I drove it, I'm like, oh, my God, this thing. And the power steering, it was one of the first cars with power steering. Yeah. And it just, you know, what it enabled you to do uh, setup-wise and all this stuff, it, you know, it, it really required a huge rethink on seating. I didn't realize how much I, I was bracing myself in the spice with the steering effort <laughs> and so forth. And so at Lime Rock, first time I drove it in the downhill with the bumps, I mean, I was all, all over the place in the and cars I moving making, with it. I yeah. was making the steering <laughs> correction, so really, that's when I really learned about seating. Mm-hmm. It's harder for a big guy, even. But then I also realized how much energy I was using holding myself in place. And so once I got the seat down, I mean, it's like now the F1. There's really not that much exert. There's big exertion on the neck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but everything else, there's not that much exertion. So, um, anyway, so and when I drove that car, basically, um, 
you know, you really had to roll huge speed in, you know, and uh, and so that was where I was, you know, really uh, it, it matched up well, even though I didn't have uh, a lot of Formula Car experience for whatever reason, I was able to adapt. That was different than what I just gotten out of, yeah. but I was able to think about it, figure it out, and and do it. And so I just I just kept saying, if you can give me more more stick, I'll go faster. Yeah. yeah. And so the the front splitter kept extending, and then we started going more elements <laughs> on the wing, and yeah. and you know it, it it was really an insane piece. Um, you know that weekend at the Glen, uh, we ran the short course, and Schneider Bert Schneider was there in the Yost Porsche that had a single element rear wing, European yeah. style, and th the ends were bending on the straightaway. Right. It was yeah. so flimsy, and so he w he went two twelve. <laughs> through the speed traps right. on the after accelerating from the S's, you yeah. know, yeah. two twelve, and I went like one seventy eight. Yeah, right, right. And if I hadn't nicked the curb coming out of the front straightaway and had to crack it a little bit, I would have been on the pole. <laughs> so wow, just the amount of corners. That's how much. Thirty four miles an hour difference on yeah. straightaway, yeah. and so before the inner loop, you, I wasn't getting out of the throttle until you crested the hill. Right. And so I was getting out of it. I, I almost had the same accident I had in the race in qualifying on my own. Really? Because I, wow. I carried so much speed in there, yeah. and I didn't lift until I got in there, and I brushed the brakes into fourth and flattened fourth. Right. It was oh a mi minimum speed wow. was 141 through that corner. That was a fourth-gear corner. A fourth-gear corner. And it was, it was like three, right. and a half, yeah, yeah, three and a half yeah. Gs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the neck, you know. So I was, I was 180 pounds with, with this big old neck. Yeah, you right. know? And so it was just it was just the most awesome car you, yeah. could, you could ever hope hope to drive so um so it's uh it was that was a rough day um uh, it's actually you know it's it's kind of a it was a you know everybody talks about things happening for a reason in their yeah. life yeah and then but every do you believe things happen for a reason <sighs> i'll say yes to just to not be that Oh well, you, that's okay. So. It, it, but most pe most people do. Yeah. But it, most of the people that say they do also would change about five things in their life. Oh yeah. Well, we've had this like, <laughs> would you, uh, you know, the regrets. whole no regrets thing. We both leave as bull. Right. So uh, I would say things happen for a reason. I'm not sure, but do I live a life with regret? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will tell you, I do not. Really? I and you sincerely I, believe. I believe a hundred percent that things happen for a reason. Okay. And you can't have it both ways. You can't pick and choose, and so I I believe things happen for a reason. And so now that was a big challenge for me. Once I kind of adopted this and started thinking about it and said, no, I really do believe this, yeah. and everything kind of serves your evolution up yeah. until this point, yeah. and the, the degree to which you accept that is kind of the degree to which you, you enjoy your, your life. And yeah. You're without. And so. That's why you're in a good state and I'm always miserable. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. There's some no, truth, I, to, I, there's some truth, truth to that. that. So there's a lot of truth to that. So. The challenge was that that accident was. was and so I said. That was the one I had to work on. I said. Yeah. Until you're willing to say. It's June 30th, 1991. Time to go get in that car. Yeah. Things happen for a reason, big boy. You know. Yeah. And so. Yeah. I And when I finally could say. I would get in that car. Uh, knowing how it was going to turn out because yeah. I, I like where it is where you are today. where it is today yeah. and so I joke I said I'd probably pop a couple of Advil first <laughs> 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 how, bracing shot of whiskey because I don't know how yeah. much you've really ever talked about the accident how how much do you remember it uh, all of it hundred percent really oh, god yeah. oh. that is horrible because that's always the beauty yeah. of you know I mean yeah. I can speak for this most major accidents is you really have no idea what happened yeah so you remember the whole thing yeah I oversaw my extraction I kind of had input in my extraction did you know how bad it was. Uh, somewhat. I yeah. mean, not 
100%. I mean, when the accident happened, I mean, things happened in slow motion. Yeah. You know, I was battling for second with Brabham. Yeah. And I had just come out of the pits, and I had passed him into turn one the lap before. He had passed me back into five, draft and pass on the, and then I passed him into one again. He passed me back, and then he defended. And so that's, I went to the outside. Right. Yeah. Um, I would have been underneath him if he hadn't defended sure, when that happened, sure, which yeah. would have been better for me and worse for him. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seven wheels stop better than three. Yeah. So, um, and so, you know, when the car shuttered, you know, I, I corrected. I, I thought I thought a wheel would come off from the pit stop, but, yeah. you know, I didn't know the hub had broken. And so I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to lose second. And then I was, when I got backwards, I saw how fast everything was still going. I'm like, oh, I'm going to hit yeah. something. And right. so it came, and I never saw it because it went, and then it just got dark when it was in the tires, huge impact, and yeah. then it up in the air, spun around, and then it was just bright daylight because the whole roof and the front was ripped off. And this whole thing has happened in slow motion. Yep. Yeah. And then when I came to rest, my legs were, you know, out, and they were the right one was kind of wrapped in with the steering column. Oh. And then and my feet, it's like there was a torch on them, you know. Yeah. So, so, you, you, so you could feel yeah, this Yeah, I knew thing. they were, I, you know, and so, and then, and then I could see my femur was broken around yeah. the steering column. And so, you know, on the radio I said, hey, been an accident. The legs are broken. Send the medics. Radio was in the woods, so yeah, no one's listening. <laughs> right, okay. pressing a button that doesn't. You know, do tried to <laughs> try to control my breathing because I was just so about to say. Because at this you point, wanna, like you want to get out and get and away. And I assume and the like, shock at this point is kind of transcending from being shocked to now you're starting to feel all of this. Well, yeah. I mean, just the adrenaline first, and then you feel it, and then I think the shock actually probably a little bit later. Actual yeah. shock. I don't know what the definition. So, you know, I took my helmet off. I'm, I'm I was worried about my my mom. Yeah. I knew everyone. I, I, in my head, I'm thinking everybody who's watching on TV, which was everyone except my mom, yeah. um, knows I'm okay because I just took my helmet off and I'm talking. I didn't realize the way I came to rest, you couldn't see that. Oh, uh, right. Right. So right. I'm like, you got to find my mom, tell her I'm okay. Yeah. She was the only one that thought I was okay because she heard an erroneous report that he's fine, he's out of the car. And uh-huh. so, w- thankfully. Yeah. And so by the time she knew that wasn't true, she also knew I was relatively okay. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Make it so, yeah. Um, so then they, when the, the safety people get there, you know, it, you think everyone's a pro, but even pros are rattled on the scene of an airplane crash yeah, or a crash right. like that. Right. So, you know, and so they were kind of, and so, so, and they were trying to figure out how to get me out. And, and I'm like, listen, you got to get the steering column. You're going to have to cut it because my knee was jammed into the bolts that uh, took right. it out. And I said, you got to cut it. They're like, we can't cut it. I'm going to get your leg. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to argue with him. I'm thinking, listen, yeah. I said, until it's cut, I'm not, I'm not getting out of here. Yeah. So I said, you're going to have to cut it with the cutters, and I'll let you know if it hurts. Yeah. Do you think, oh. uh, like, I remember having a karting accident a couple of years ago and kind of distracting myself by taking photos and making jokes, and that was kind of how I was dealing with it. Do you think that process actually was distracting you from the pain a little bit of kind of walking the guys through the... It was somewhat. I mean, it was, it was sort of, it was not too different than actually what made me good at driving is you, you kind of you you basically lock the emotions away yeah and it's pure analytical yeah and so here's an it. issue that need, you got to figure this out yeah right. kind of a guy way of thinking but yeah. it was just times 10 some yeah. people can do it even in that circumstance yeah um and so that's what i was doing i was like yeah and uh so you know i said you got to cut this so they finally did hurt yeah. like hell but I, once they cut it then i was out so yeah, so I remember it all. Um, I never, I didn't watch it on TV for the longest time because everyone said, "Don't watch it, don't watch it, don't watch it." I'm like, I lived through it. it. I, yeah. I think yeah. I know what it's going to yeah. look like. Yeah, and, right. And I finally caught it. I was doing wind tunnel and they had it on a monitor. I'm like, uh, oh yeah, that's about what I thought. Oh it was. wow, yeah. that much longer. Wind yeah. Tunnel. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Man, um, can you feel it when you see it? Uh, no, I mean, not really. I mean, it's it's weird with the feet. I mean. When people see me walk, it, look, it must look pretty bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm so used to it that yeah, I just right, kind of right. you adapt. And yeah. I don't. 
I almost can't remember what it. I really can't remember what it felt like to yeah. run mm-hmm. or I to, get that. you know, to yeah. be able to do that stuff. Right, right. Yeah, well, we can't come back from that. Way to bring the show down, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, well, um, but, we have a question. On the bright note, I said I, you know, I have no problem talking about it because I, I, I think things happen for a reason, and so yeah. that served my evolution. A lot of people, the things that most people would wish wouldn't happen, were actually the most impactful things that happened. Yeah, and That's so true. if you like where you're at, you should actually those are the things you should most celebrate in yeah. a way. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. no, I, counterintuitive, I but I agree with the philosophy. I just have a very hard time adapting to it. Right. Well, so. a lot of people with, with resentment and anger. Don't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs> they almost feel like if they'd let Why go. Why are you laughing, Ryan? <laughs> You've been in, 30, in a car with 30 days. I'm nothing but a ray of sunshine in the f***ing car. I'm like, if, I could, if I could, like, block off the passenger seat <laughs> yeah. and just be like, happy thoughts. Okay. You bring out the worst of me, Sean. Um, no, <laughs> well. it's, like, it's like riding with, instead of a ray of sunshine, it's like riding with a black hole. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just keep true. pulling me back in. Yep, yeah, yep. except that would take up a lot of the seat, as everyone keeps yeah. to point out. <laughs> but, it, but to that point, a lot of people with anger and resentment, they think if they let go of it, they're they're endorsing or condoning right. someone else's. And it really that you know, I told PT something the other day. I said, you know, not forgiving. You don't forgive for the other person. You yeah. forgive for you. Yeah. I said it's like drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. I said, you yeah. know, it's just they don't even oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. They don't I, even know. Right. They're off surfing, and you're like, <laughs> I 100 percent understand and yeah. agree with the philosophy of guys who who manage to stay positive. I just don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's just that simple. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, um, it's wiring. Yeah, <laughs> it's wiring. I don't know. But so a reoccurring theme we've been doing on the show is a pass along question. So we had dinner last night with Jordan and Ricky Taylor. Ricky was actually wearing a Ricky Taylor T-shirt. So feel free to make fun of him for that whenever you see him. Um, The question from Jordan was a rivalry between you and him. And he wants to know who wins the mullet rivalry. Well, I mean, (coughs) I, I of course, get credit for for blazing the trail. But (laughs) he took it to another level. I mean, that uh, was was breathtaking yeah i mean <laughs> breathtaking <laughs> and uh and and badass i mean it's a weird i it'd be interesting hearing what he said i'm sure at first i bet you he really kind of it, it gives you confidence in a way right to really when you really don't give yeah and a lot of people pretend to but when you really say i don't care you, you, okay. you know yeah. you're like it's it's really is liberating yeah and, and that and that comes, you know, the, the car and so forth. Yeah. I mean, there's it sort of takes on its own energy, yeah. and it really is kind of liberating. And yeah. so, no, he uh, he definitely took it to, you know, like you're supposed to. The next generation is supposed to to go, <laughs> go higher and bigger, right? Yeah. Right. So he's like the <laughs> double backflip of mullets, yes, for our generation. Yes. So you're yes. declaring him the winner. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Yes. If you'd like to hear what else he said, please download our podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the thing that I laugh about with Jordan and that mullet is that I look through like old GTP books that yeah. people have done yeah. with photos, yeah. and it's like you'll see like you'll see a body kit that they tried at like a, a street course or something yeah. with like double wings on the front. You're like, whoa! Yeah. But instead, some kid like yeah. in 40 years is gonna be flipping through, and there's gonna be Jordan's mullet. Oh God, people actually wear mullets. Yeah. You're like, what <laughs> is that? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's holding an iPhone. It doesn't add up. Yeah. <laughs> so then Ricky's uh, question was, what was the most annoying thing? His dad did as a teammate. Oh Jesus! That's like that's a that's a, <laughs> that's a fastball start? right over the plate. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Well, how about? I don't know if annoying is the right word. So uh, I actually, I mean, Wayne's. Uh, 
I guess the only his his accent and his glasses are a little annoying. Okay. So that's annoying. Obviously, <laughs> the uh, so just him, him as just his general. Existence. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A, a little <laughs> bit annoying. But uh, his actually, if it wasn't for his kids, I probably wouldn't like Wayne. But uh, <laughs> it's it sort of allowed me to awesome. sort of it sort of allowed me to move past. And I I mean I got mad respect for what Wayne has done yeah, building that deal yeah. and so forth. Um, so, but you know when my my GTP win that wasn't basically I had I had lapped everybody but second place at Lime Rock and I had just lapped Wayne and I was you know. Uh, we were in traffic, and I was trying to get Davy Jones, who was in second, and yeah. he was just a few seconds ahead. Now, this is just to lap him. You're, You're this far ahead of the field. At this yeah, point. yeah. I, I've lapped so you've everybody, got Davy Jones in your sights. Everybody but second. I but, but almost lapped the field. Now it's like a TK's got to set a like set this the bar is how right badass here. You have like to I'm going to yeah. go lap second. Yes. That's, well, that's your that was that was my first race. With, that was the first race I got the new car. Okay. And okay. so I'm like this. Okay. I said the spice was pretty good because I sat on the pole at West Palm the first race and almost won Miami. If I was if I knew. Then what I know now about blocking, Raul Bosell would not have won that race. Right, I would right. have, uh, I would have g- given him the horn. But uh, anyway, so that was my first race with that car, and so uh, yeah, that was that was a sensational. Talk about a weekend that sums up racing. Um, you know, it was my first race with that car, working on the seat, trying to get that all, and then really extracting the speed from that car. I, I lowered the track record there by 2.2 seconds, which at Lime Rock usually a tenth or two yeah, or three right, is yeah, a yeah. big yeah. margin. Yeah. Yeah. 2.2 seconds track record. And just took off like a shot at the start, yeah. and so I'd lapped Wayne, and I was was you know gonna. La- and this was we were only 45 minutes into the race, and uh, and I just lapped Wayne, and we were banged up a little bit in traffic heading, and he got in the back of me and turned uh. me around, and it wouldn't restart. It was hot, tiny battery wouldn't start, and right. so I sat there cranking it for you know five laps. Yeah, <laughs> and so I was, I mean, I'm over it now. Barely. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. That one was, uh, I mean, it, it's one of those things when you're in, in the middle of it, you're like, you know, Jim Miller had sat us down that morning and said, hey, I know I don't need to say this, but I can't help myself. I've got to say it. Under absolutely no circumstances are you guys to run into each other. Right. I think he meant battling for the lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> so I was, I was hot. And so... Um, but again, age is is a, an amazing thing. So um, I, God bless Wayne Taylor and producing those uh, those incredible kids. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're really and it's it's neat to watch them come into their own and yeah. and uh, and they are shining lights. You know, not just uh, you know Jordan is one of, is kind of one of these personalities that it's and it's not ginned up. It's just him. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. And so you know um, he could he could be a big big star. In, in that way too yeah yeah and, and what sean was excited to, to learn i kind of knew this a little bit but we both were even more you know educated on ricky is that ricky's actually really very funny. very funny yeah. he just waits for a shot yeah you know yeah. what i mean yeah. like jordan's the machine gun you sent out yeah. first yeah. Yeah. and then ricky's sniping from the back yeah you know because Jordan's only going to swing one or ricky's only going to swing once but when he swings yeah. it's yeah. out of the park yeah you know? yeah so well it's that's brothers yeah. i mean yeah. that's you know you you learn to use what you've got in different ways and yeah. and so uh i mean it's kind of typical typical firstborn second born. Yeah. um and uh that's that's not surprising so to carry on uh we'll be having pizza <laughs> yep. later tonight with shay adam who is a uh, Radio Lama analyst, yes. daughter of Bill Adam, who you and Trans Am, right? Does Trans Am? That's as right. Well. Oh, that's right. Trans Am series, yeah. and you raced against her dad, yep. I'm sure, numerous yep. times. 
Any uh, pass along question you have for Shay? Well, I've told her just, you know, what a great job I think she's been doing, yeah. you know, on the Raider Lamont stuff and so forth. So um, she's pretty buttoned up and pretty, you know, you know, uh, by the book. So I'm going to – and she, she probably won't answer this, but I want to know in the paddock – who has the best pickup game and who yep. has the worst pickup game? And whether it's driver, crew chief, team owner, uh, I want her to name names. Who has the best pickup game? You want to bet if she'll answer it or not? I think she will. Oh. I think she will, but she won't give names. Interesting. Yeah. I think she'll give a name. Really? I think she will. Who do you think the name's going to be? I, hope, I have no idea. Like John DeGee's? Oh, I would hope so, but I doubt it. Yeah. She, she wouldn't write yeah. out John. Be somebody, she'll pick somebody that we know like is universally disliked. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I was about to say Tony Dezino, no. but only because they're kind of in the same They're realm. kind of in the same yeah. sort of sphere. Yeah. I bet so she'll name a name. I'm she'll just be like, sure uh, <laughs> it'll be something totally out of left field. Scott Pruitt. Like, oh, like, whoa. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, so best game and worst <laughs> best game. Best game yeah. and worst game. I yeah. like this. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay, cool. That'll be good. Because when I first read it, I read it as reach around, not pass along. <laughs> <laughs> common mistake. So, totally common yeah. thing. Only you. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh pass along. Pass along question. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds about right from Heckman. <laughs> so we. <yeah. laughs> oh, the sausage fest. Oh uh, yeah. The sausage fest. So where are we going to see Tommy Kendall next? <clears throat> where are you going to see me next? Well, literally, you'll pr you might see hey, me Tommy. at SEMA. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I'll see you in like three well, days. Well, actually, <laughs> I've. I only go now. I, I rarely make it into the show. Auto Week's had this dinner uh, that I've gone to almost coming up on probably 20 years okay. now. It's mm -hmm. turned in, start, was a small dinner. Now it's kind of a big dinner. So uh, I always go for that. And um, who are the players? You know, it's it's the, you know it's automakers um, yeah. for sure. But then there's uh, you know since SEMA's aftermarket, you yeah. you'll have you know Alex Borla, and sure. there's always some. Uh, you know, what, sometimes Linda Vaughn, usually Linda Vaughn. That's yeah, there's who some, was some I was drivers. Get. Yeah. That's who I was yeah. saying we should get, not the other person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Linda Vaughn, you know, it's, uh, you know, Barry McGuire mm -hmm. and his wife. Uh, you know, so it's, they, they started with Leon Mandel doing these, and he's putting this interesting group together. He does them at NADA, the dealer convention. It's yeah. different crowd. Does New York Auto Show, different crowd. Uh, I don't know if they still do all those, but they still definitely do the SEMA one. Yeah. And uh, this, it's it's morphed. It's actually co-hosted now by NASCAR oh, the last oh, couple cool. of years. Okay. And I actually tried – I sent a text trying to hitch a ride on the on the plane yeah. since yeah. we're both going from here. And uh, Robin Pemberton, who's the only one I know well enough to ask, yeah. since right. he's not going. So so beyond that, um, I guess probably uh, Rolex, probably Rolex test yeah. or you know, something like that. So um, that's probably next. Let's see, uh, if Derek Walker were here, he'd really, and what's the five-year plan? Yeah. Oh, five-year plan for me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I, it might be exactly now, which is, you know, just kind of see where things go without a plan. That's yeah. the weird thing is my, my racing career was a study in, in total planning, total intensity, total leaving nothing to chance to no plan, no intensity, leaving everything to chance. <laughs> and so, you know, maybe trying to find a middle ground. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I have a lot of ideas for stuff, but when it comes time to actually, you know, work on trying to sell an idea, I'm like, eh, if I sell it, then I'll have to do it. <laughs> and then, it's <laughs> um, not a problem I have. That's so, work. Yeah. so you know, I'd I'd like to figure out a way 
to do some of the TV stuff. You know, I've, yeah. I've got this you know, El Gallo show um, in my head. There are several versions of it in my head. Maybe pursue that. Yeah. Uh, I really want to work with my younger brother, John. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so if we can figure it now, it's getting harder because he's, he's got a family now. He's got two kids. Yeah, so he right. can't just kind of chuck it like he could before. So anyway, so looking for the next adventure for, for El yeah. Gallo. I mean, so, yeah, looking for the next adventure. Uh, you know, getting some of my, <laughs> my cars ready for some vintage. Um, so uh, like to get those out, you know, a couple outings a year kind of thing. What's in the stable? One, two, three. I've got um, basically the cars I won my first five championships in. It's uh, it's like four, the GTU. four cars. Okay. It's uh, it's the 300ZX. Yep. The least cool is the 300ZX Firehawk Grand Sport car okay. uh, that I won the Firehawk championship with Max Jones in 86. The uh, Malibu Grand Prix Arc 7. Cool. That I won 86 and 87 yep. with. The Beretta I won with an 88 GTU. Oh, wow. yeah. And then the Beretta I won my first Trans Am Championship oh. in. So the ICI car. Cool car. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So they are cool cars. Um, Mazda wants the RX-7 back. And I've always I've told him, I said, listen, I don't want to sell it, you know. I, one of the reasons I don't want to sell it is because I want to drive it. And so someone said, you know what Jackie Stewart would do? Jackie Stewart would sell it to him for an insane amount of money. And he'd make them let him drive it. And he'd make them pay yeah. him to drive. <laughs> Do that. I'm like, well, maybe there is a solution. <laughs> no, Mazda my I don't, is a small little outfit, so yeah. they they tend to not splash, you know. So, yeah. but maybe, so maybe, uh, maybe sell it to them and, and then get to yeah. drive it at the midi or sure, there, sure. You know, a couple cool. rounds, something. Yeah. Which they, is what they do. They bring their cars out and kind of let folks drive them. But so those cars, um, you know, I, I'd like to. I, I'm kind of just. I'm wanting to build a place, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm. If I had the money and didn't have to work, I, I would already be doing it. But, you know, the idea of, of kind of having my, my, my place, you know, there's yeah. a little bit out uh, somewhere. Probably be, be maybe probably like Malibu, Ohio, somewhere okay. like that, you yeah. know. Um, and Malibu in the canyons, it's it's not nearly as expensive. So all California cheap. sort of western shore kind of stuff. Yeah, probably. I mean, it might be, you know, <clears throat> if I could find a place like, you know, I haven't I haven't explored Austin, you know, and yeah. find out if I could actually live there, f- yeah. you know, most Austin's of the year. Cool. Austin's pretty cool, the yeah. hill country or whatever. Yeah. You know, but have a place that, you know, that's got a little bit of room and where I can actually I, I like I like houses, I like fixing them up, I like mm-hmm. decorating with my wife. Um, I like, you know, I like I like design. Yeah. And and then I also like, you know, working on stuff. So, yeah. you know, if I could, you know, I'd like to and I wish I would have started when I first thought of it. I said, you know, I should get a place and just do one little thing a year to it, you know. And yeah. first it would just be empty, and then right. it would be you could put a little shed up, and then yeah. it would be. And if I'd done that and done one a year, I'd have a pretty cool place by now. <laughs> but I guess <laughs> if I start today in ten years, right. I'll have a pretty cool place. Yeah. So you know, that's that's kind of on the radar. Um, I guess that's you know the investing stuff. You know, I I like uh, I, I enjoy. I'm just curious about. I like seeing how things work and in the business sense. That's you know, if, if you study enough, it actually it's like gambling where you know pretty much how it's going to turn out yeah you know it's yeah. uh it never 100 percent, which is why it's interesting but yeah. it's it's uh you know it's not it's not a secret why the guys that are good at can do it over right, and over, right. And over yeah. you know you recently got nominated to the motorsports hall of fame we didn't talk about that oh that's why i'm here sean yeah. <laughs> is that something that means a lot to you is it something you're just like oh another achievement or did you even know no it was big deal yeah exactly well i i knew i was nominated a couple years ago and did not get elected and so and so they don't publicize the nominations that much um somehow i found out and then i didn't get in so then i'm glad i didn't know i was nominated until i i got in this time yeah um 
You know, it's, it, it was it was interesting because it it's, uh, I mean, I fully appreciate it. The more it sank in, the more right. awesome it gets. Um, but it was, uh, it's, I'm glad someone else votes on it, you know, because you look on the ballot and like. Uh, like Penske's on it, right? Well, Penske is in that one. I'm pretty sure Penske's. He's got to be. Yeah, he's one um, of the donors. I know that. Yeah. yeah. So, well, there's and the the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America is broad. There's boat racers. There's a two wheel division. Mm -hmm. There's kind of an at large where mm -hmm. the, the hydro guys and so so basically only one a year from each category gets in. Yeah. And so if you're the, the the sports car, the road race guy that gets in, you know, it's heady stuff. And like, I, how do you compare? Right. You know, and so I'm glad someone else, I, I guess I'm voting on it now. Um, but, you know, w w you know what I said during my speech, you know, and once I started thinking about it, it was, it was really like a trip down memory lane. And so I started reflecting on all these different things. And the t my speech basically said, you know, in life, a lot of people get to the end of their life and they look back on the what ifs. Yeah. And it's always things they regret, you know. Huh? But I said, my, my what ifs, I realized all the crazy conspiracy of improbability is what I called it, that had to happen. All these crazy, un and it's a little bit like taking El guy out. Yeah, and it, yeah. it, I think you can actually help yourself in that regard, depending on how you conduct things. But, you know, you can actually tip things in your favor, I believe. But, but to see, you know, from the way, and so my speech was all the what ifs that had to happen or I wouldn't be here. And it goes back to the unlikely way my parents met. Right. And, and you know, and it goes, you know, on and on and on. Um, and just, uh, you know, one that was, uh, for an example, one of them, and I, and how do you do this in a speech? And so I just, I didn't really explain them, but I said, what if my dad didn't play for the UCLA football team and my mom didn't win a contest in Glamour magazine and the photo shoot was the tailbacks on the football team and so forth. Yeah. What if uh, I'm not at the shop one day and the call comes in from the crew chief on the Malibu Grand Prix car and I'm running my dad's older RX-7 for four races that year and the call comes in, hey, Jack Baldwin just signed with Chevy. Um, do you know anyone that's looking f for a ride that's good that has a little bit of funding? Nope, don't know anyone. Click. Yeah, I'm right, like, who was right. that? Yeah. So that was Clayton Cunningham. I'm like, what did he want? Yeah. If I'm not standing there when that call comes in, if Dan Binks is not the 22-year-old crew chief for Clayton Cunningham when I go to drive there, right. that became my crew chief for my whole career. You know, and so all these things that had to happen. And so it was nice. You know, I... I appreciated it as much more for those people to be able to recognize, and then my, your family's mm -hmm. commitment. My wife yeah. uh, was my girlfriend at first, my wife, then my estranged wife, and now my wife again. Yeah. You know, and so I mean, there's all these things that have to happen. So uh, it's 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 heady stuff. You know, I've always tried to tried to keep perspective on what you do, and it, with limited success, sometimes your head gets big. Sometimes, but for the most part. You know, when people come up and ask for an autograph, I'm flattered, but I also realize I'm no different than that person. I just yeah. have a job that is kind of cool that I'm good yeah. at, yeah. you know, but it all the same, you know, we're all the same yeah. and we're just doing the best we can. And, you know, sometimes we do a better job. Sometimes we don't. Yeah. Um, I get why people celebrate it. And I tell people, I say it's what I did was really hard, but it's not that meaningful on the big picture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of it, but I, it's not like. That's you haven't cured cancer. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. who so. who, I, who I am. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm honored, and I, I feel fortunate that I got to live this life, and yeah. it it you know generated some results. So. Yeah. Well, now we have to <laughs> room tone. <Okay. laughs> yeah. Pause for motorcycle. They're gonna notice that. <laughs> 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 
So Tommy. <laughs> now, one of the cool things about this place, I don't. There's there's a glass you can buy, and every time the drawbridge goes up, yeah. So on a on a on a warm day, especially in the summer when everyone's on the sailboats, yeah. Uh, refills are, are are a nickel. How much are twenty five cent refills when the bridge goes up? Uh, oh, really? It's been up so three times. Oh, since it's it's been here. is that to hold up people in here? Well, it's just it's just it's kind of a thing. You, know, yeah. you got to have a thing uh, on a nice day. That's a good place to go drink beer. By the way, I dig this place yeah, a it's lot. Yeah. It's this kind of we were just uh, I took my first vacation in years yeah. uh, a couple months ago, and this reminds me sort of like we were in Puerto Rico, and this reminded me a uh -huh. lot of that kind of setting. The story I don't know if it's true. Supposedly, the chef here was. Won one of the cooking shows. Okay. And I don't yeah. know if he's still okay. the chef, Which the one? owner, or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that Spencer Pelly killed somebody? <laughs> so in Atlanta, there's a place called Parks Tavern that does a, uh, if it rains, they do uh, dollar beers. So it's like if it, we, uh, it rains, we pour is uh -huh. their thing. So okay. it's kind of their gimmick too. <laughs> and uh, anytime it rains, you see literally people like running to get there before it stops. Because as soon as it stops, it deals off. Oh, you man. know what I mean? So people will be like throwing footballs in the park and start training. They're like, Parks Tavern. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure they're like trying to get people through the, through the canal like all day long. Like, yep. yeah, come this yep. way. Yep. Yeah. No. So I'd, I'd advertise New Smyrna as a cool place to go, but we don't want to give it away. Yeah. yeah. No. This is like right up my head. Yeah, yeah. No, I really like this so far. Yeah, no, it's, it, there's not a, as I said, my, there's not an ounce of fancy to it, you yeah. know, and like when Vickers came here, he goes, bro, you gotta get out of here. He said, I want to kill myself. I said, that's exactly why I live there. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I live here because you don't want to come here right. and I, I, I get some peace. You're right. And, uh, Does Vickers say bro? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, looks, yeah, like, he, he does. looks like a bro. He looks like a bro kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Not a lot. Yeah, he'll, he'll say, he says, bro. Yeah. Is he going to get yeah. back into NASCAR stuff? You think? Uh, I, I doubt it. I really? doubt it. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a cruel twist, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a cruel twist. Um, he he gets you know he's he's assessing that right now. He's gotten just when he thinks there's no shot. He'll get kind of a little bit of a glimmer of home, which yeah. is why I say it's cruel. Yeah. If if they would just say, "Listen, there's no chance," yeah. and so now the most recent thing is he, you know, what he was doing is he was going on to blood thinners, and they were trying to figure out why he was clotting. They ruled out all these things that are known, and so then they'd say, "Okay, you know, it it could be from you know lack of circulation, dehydration." The, the list on the things that can cause it. Right. The guy said, do you have any of these things? He says, I'll have all those things in my life. Right. <laughs> you know? And so, um, but, and so with the most recent ones happened enough times, they're like, y you need to be on thinners for the rest of your life. Yeah. Which, up until now, has always meant absolutely can't do anything where you would, where where you you would, would have a bleed. Yourself, yeah. right. But with the, the, apparently with the way the new thinners work, Zeralto being one of them, there's, you know, some of them, they work different. There's two different paths they work on. One of them, um, the tail of protection is a lot longer than the the tail where the of the bleeding risk. Mm. So theoretically, you could, and this will help him even if he doesn't go racing. Like he likes to do lots of stuff, like yeah. you know, rock climb and this yeah, stuff yeah. and so forth. And so, yeah. you know, so there, there's a glimmer of hope that it, you know, some people are saying, you know, if you if you did your dosages this way, because racing tend to work on a schedule, yeah. you know, basically you you would do it so overnight is when your bleeding risk was, and yeah. then all day is when you were clear but so. at that point who wants to touch them and invest in that and be wrong yeah, yeah. so there's 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 part of that so you know the other thing is he he likes other stuff i mean he's dove headlong into some different than me but some investment stuff mm -hmm. he's you know part of a fund with some guys uh private equity fund right and he loves it oh. so as long as he's happy yeah, yeah. well yeah. it's up a giant alley of networking and 
kind of meeting people the way he likes to. Yeah, yeah. In the yeah, past, there's been point. no, there's been no. The, the the powerful thing about the way he met people is, I used to meet people a lot when, I, and I was always thinking, how can I get money out of this guy to go racing? Sure. He, he was a sports car driver. He <laughs> he never. I don't. To my knowledge, was he was never. It was just, you know, just yeah. curious about what, yeah. what, what makes the world go around. Right. Yeah. So now, you know, you can marry the two, where, you know, he's yeah. Make doing work. what he likes, and so, cool, cool. All right. I think that's. Anything else we need to know about you? Yeah. Anything else you wish the world knew about you? Not necessarily. Like pretty out there. I yeah. have a question, but it's not related really to racing. And. <laughs> uh, what, what was up with uh, the estranged wife? The estranged Because that was for a long period of time. It was right? a long period of time, yeah. yes. Um, it was basically growing up yeah. on both both people's part. We right, both, yeah. you know, we met at 17. Right. And, uh, I mean, it's a classic case in, you know, I, th you know, I think it ought to be more or less illegal to get married before you're 30. Yeah. <laughs> you ought to you ought to be you ought to have to prove special circumstance, which <laughs> very few people can. Some right. people can. My my older brother, my younger brother, uh, not John, but the one in between us that yeah. nobody's met. He's uh, married to his high school sweetheart, and and it's great. And it's great. Yeah. So they could prove special circumstance. Sure, sure. Yeah. But most people, you don't you know yourself. You don't yeah. you know yeah. you don't evolve, and so so there was there was a big part of that. Um, you know, I was you know when I, you know. I, cheated like a maniac basically finally got caught um and i'm like you know why are you doing this i'm like that's, <laughs> that's actually a good question yeah because uh, i had everything i wanted including her yeah. and she's you know i'm like huh and so i mean basically the first part of your life what i learned is a lot of what you do is what everybody else wants for you yeah not yeah. what you want and yeah. so you're like this is what i should do this is what i should do what i should sure. do you never use the word should there's a judgment in there that you're yeah. kind of living up to and Usually we're taught them, and then we they, yeah. they come onto our software, and then we apply them to ourselves. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I'm like, I'm the best in the business at what I do, and I'm like a total dope at all this other stuff. I'm like, I should maybe try to sort that out. Pagino, uh, was, he admitted to us, he's like, if there was something I could change about myself is I'd like to learn more about just stuff. Yeah. Because all I've ever focused on is racing. And that's all he knows. And yeah. I don't yeah. know anything about other stuff. And I just want to know. Like yeah. He's like, I, I want to be better at conversing. Yeah. Because yeah. he yeah. says it shows up at sponsored interviews and stuff where he doesn't know what the hell to talk about. Because uh, he literally right. knows the little world he's in and that's it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's actually, it's it's kind of part of what, you know, <laughs> it's it's how you, you know, that book Outliers, I guess. You know, yeah. it's kind of like that. You know, 10,000 hours is the number you got to do to be a master at something. Yeah. And so... Yeah, that's, I mean, so I just kind of started peeling the onion and that whole epiphany about, you know, you can't, you know, if you really do believe things happen for a reason, then you need to get okay with all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and so for me, the degree to which I accepted things is the degree to which the future kind of opened for me. Yeah. And, you know, and so, and, and. Yeah, there's no right or wrong, but it, it's going to exert an influence on you until sure. you sort it out. And so, you know, kind of learning to uh, what bothered me. First time after we broke up and I went to therapy, uh, the therapist said, uh, what makes you mad? I'm like, nothing. She's like, what makes you mad? I said, nothing. Yeah. Seriously. She's like, no, really. I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Nothing makes me mad. I said, oh, yeah. when I had my accident, I said, didn't spend two seconds thinking about it, this, that, and the other. I just got on with what I had to do. And she's like, she goes, no, really. I'm like, well, you're starting to piss me off. <laughs> you are starting to piss me off. And so I said, you know, actually, you know, like, well, I guess 
If someone like was she Robin Williams? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if someone like cuts me off, or if someone cheats on the merge on the on ramp, yeah. I said I fucking go crazy. Makes me pisses me off. He goes, "You think that's proportional response?" I'm like, "Huh? No, actually, that's yeah, kind of weird, actually." <laughs> and so <laughs> through that, I realized. I was pissed about a lot of stuff, yeah. and it was just all blocked, yeah. and uh, you know, and it was part of why I was so good at executing and racing is I could just, and there was nothing getting through that wall, yeah. nothing, right. no, no anger, no happiness, no fear, no sad, no, you know, nothing. It was just, I was like a machine, right. and it was so I was good at it. So it's not very well integrated self, yeah. and so I kind of started peeling the onion to figure out what pissed me off, why this, that, the other, you know. You know, just kind of gained access, really, to my feelings, really, is what it came, came down to. Mm -hmm. And so, and that took, you know, years of, uh, you know, kind of peeling. You know, for four years after I stopped racing, I, part of it was burnout. You know, sure. I was just like, <laughs> and part of it was my marriage was blow, blew up at the same time. It probably wasn't a coincidence, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I just said, and I really just kind of went went to school, so to speak, and just read and learned and talked to people, some therapists. And then once I got kind of on the path, then I kind of just went on my own. And I, I really, what what made me good at everything I've ever done was understanding why things yeah. work, not just what worked. Mm -hmm. You you know, to be really good at something, you can just study and emulate and practice what works. Yeah. To get to be the best at something, you probably need to understand why it works. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I was... I, and I, that was one of the things that I said in my Hall of Fame thing. I said I had this teacher all four years of math in high school that I really didn't care for until. And then later I realized that guy taught me how to think. Yeah. He he always answered every question with a question. Yeah. I'm like, I just want to get this done. Yeah. <laughs> and, but he was teaching me to ask why, kind of, and yeah. why. And so, and that's carried over. And so in this instance, I'm like, why am I so miserable, you know, um, or dissatisfied or whatever. Outwardly, I appear almost exactly the same. I'm I'm more of a free spirit now, mm -hmm. yeah. but I've always been positive. I've always been an optimist. I've right. always been, you know. So from the outside, people say you've always been this way. Yeah. But a lot of it was more of an act where I said I knew I was smart enough to know this is how you should behave. Right. Yeah. And you know now it's a little more you know authentic. You yeah. know. And 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 before I used to never get pissed off except like on the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and that was sort of and where it comes from, if you want to get into the psycho babble. You know, when I was little, I, I used to, you know, get pissed, and my parents would punish me for yeah. getting pissed. Right, sure. And so I learned, you know, don't get pissed anymore. Yeah, stay, <laughs> and so then the then it's huge channels and passive-aggressive, yeah. yeah. uh -huh. passive-aggressiveness. And so, and now, you know, the, I, the way I heard it is if anything over about a five on most things, whether it's happy, sad, angry, anything over a five on normal things is old stuff. Sure. Hmm. Old That's anger, old this, and so that you're sort of tapping into it. Yeah. Often anger, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so it just gives you a gauge. There are th Anger is, is authentic. There are things that should make you angry. Yeah. There's no such thing as good and bad. They're just different. Yeah. These are sort of positive. These are kind of negative. But they all serve a purpose and a role. Yeah. Right. The key is sort of getting all the old stuff cleaned out so that it's sort of more how it's yeah. proportional so yeah. that you get the right amount of mad that you should to protect yourself or right. your or other people is, sure. or whatever, you know. Huh. Favorite race car ever driven or raced of your career? Favorite? I mean, there's two. Your most successful race car is yeah. usually your favorite. So the All Sport Mustang oh, is, yeah. is certainly my favorite. Of course. Um, 
the the Intrepid was the most awesome in terms of if you like, you know, testing yourself and finding the limit and extracting the maximum and maximum danger, thrill, execution. I mean, that was it. That's that thing that was badass. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for recommending this place, by the way. This is awesome. Yeah. And uh, it's, I think it's a good, I'm guessing this is hurricane season. So it's very end of, very, very yeah, end of. Okay. Yeah. Because it's, it's surprising for such an awesome little community. It's surprising yeah. how little tourism is going on, especially like the hotel we were at. But yeah, I'm it, assuming this it's the time of year. This is the no man. It's part hurricane. It probably is because of hurricane. But basically you've got three groups. You've got the summer crowd, which is mostly local. Yeah. Some Georgia and so forth coming out yeah, for beach people. stuff. But the best it's kind. But it's. And then this is the doldrums. Yeah. After the first, from the first until May, is the snowbirds like, yeah. Not people coming. Not out the, the ones that are going all the way. It's like there's yeah. a lot of Canadians that come here. Sure. Yeah, interesting. And so if you own a rental property, you've got basically you've got a dead time now. Uh-huh. You've got you know people that'll come for five months but don't pay nearly as much, and then right. you got the weekly rentals kind nice. of through the summer. Yeah. Cool. But thank you for. Uh, all right, man. You gave a lot of time. But sure. <laughs> I got nothing but it. Yeah. As I explained earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you got a chicken car. I do right. Have a chicken, right yeah. a chicken car. Right, yes. I have no compl- I have car. no complaints. I'm a rich man. There's no there's no two ways about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Continental's got the check. Meow.